I just feel like the Nigerian economy is very informal. And I like to work with what's already on ground or what I can see. And if I'm seeing a lot of micro businesses, then I want to help them, especially if I know that they are creating jobs, which they are at a very low capital cost. Hello and welcome to the Experience Pod. The Experience Pod is a 30-minute one-on-one interviewer-led podcast that discusses the adoption and utilization of relevant emerging technologies and trends for impact-oriented professionals, researchers, developers, and students who demand realistic and thought-provoking perspectives on the opportunities and challenges presented by these phenomena in our unique environment. My name is Dr. Damola Oladosu. I work here on the disruption team at the PwC Experience Center. So we began our Building the Future series by discussing building and governing cities. And in the follow-up, we talked more about access and funding being provided for businesses to scale. When we combine the themes of these discussions, we start to think about a mega city like Lagos that has grown in the past five years and serves as home to most of the emerging businesses in Nigeria. For example, 2019 was a record year in terms of the amount of VC funding the Lagos system attracted. As Lagos continues to play an important role in building the future of Nigeria, we're happy to have Tosin Fanirudada join us today to speak more about the role of Lagos from the lens of the Lagos Employment Trust Fund and its initiatives such as Lagos Innovates. So Tosin, thank you for coming today. Thank you very much, Dr. Demola. Pleasure to be here and thank you for inviting me. Okay, so we'll get right into it. For those who might be unfamiliar, could you explain what initiatives and programs Lagos Innovates provides and who for? Fantastic. So Lagos Innovates is a set of programs that provide an enabling environment for tech startups and innovation-driven enterprises to thrive. Through Lagos Innovates, we facilitate access to infrastructure, we facilitate access to talent, access to investors, and access to mentors. So Lagos Innovates facilitates access to four things, um, workshops and infrastructure, learning, early stage investment capital, and investor and peer networks. I'm interested uh, as to what drove those four things. Why did you decide to focus on those four things? And maybe more importantly, how do you measure the impact of, um, of your initiatives and what kinds of specific metrics you're using to assess how well you're generating impact? Okay, so one of the things that we did before we even designed or developed the programs was to do a survey in the ecosystem. So we sent out surveys to founders, to employees of startups, to people that run accelerators and incubators, to investors, etc. So everybody in the ecosystem that we could reach. And the main objective of the survey was to find out their challenges, what are their pain points. And from the surveys, there were four main pain points that came out of that. The first is infrastructure. As we all know, power is a challenge in Nigeria, lack of constant power. Internet is a challenge. Internet is expensive. Real estate is a challenge. Also very expensive. (laughs) And then talent. People don't have access to talent and people that are interested in tech skills cannot afford it. Capital, capital will always be a challenge for MSMEs and for startups as well. And also mentors, having access to successful founders that have gone through the same challenges that these new early stage startups are going through. 
So when we had these challenges, we then designed programs to address these challenges. So if you look at infrastructure, for example, we have two programs. We have a workspace voucher program and a hub loan program. Now the workspace voucher programs gives founders vouchers to go to any of our partner co-working spaces in Lagos State. And what that means is once you have your voucher, you go into the space, you use the space for a month, and then at the end of the month, LSETF pays the hub or the co-working space. And then on the hub loan side, we give loans to hubs for them to expand or open new locations because we realize that, look, we're sending demand to these hubs, but then if they have to expand or open new locations, then what happens? They still wouldn't be a commercial bank's favorite client to give loans to. So you have to help them. And then the second is talent. And we have, we have two programs for talent. The first program is the Lagos Innovate Talent Development Program um, in partnership with Honeywell Group. And what this program does is it trains people in tech skills through a student loan program mm-hmm. and, try and places them in jobs. So we, we improve their chances of job placement. I don't want to say we 100% place them <laughs> in jobs, but we do try mm-hmm. um, to place them in jobs. Now, the second program is in partnership with IBM and ATC, American Towers Corporation, and it's the Digital Nation Africa project. So IBM has a program called DNA that provides training on IBM Cloud. But then we thought of people who don't have access to data and don't have computers. So how do they access this Mm -hmm. training? Mm -hmm. So we partnered with American Towers Corporation, and they have something they call digital centers in different local government areas. And they donated some of these centers to us. And we have our staff there. Now, these centers come with computers, internet, power, security, etc. So we have our staff at these centers. And it's open to everyone. So anybody that lives in that local government area can walk in and take advantage of the free trainings that IBM offers on IBM Cloud. This program has been quite successful. So one girl... I think she was out of school and then she took an interest in cybersecurity and she's just started taking the trainings and got her certificate. So IBM gives you a badge once you're done with the training. Um, It's an online badge. Mm -hmm. And then she applied to school in the States to study cybersecurity. And guess what? She got a scholarship and she's going this year. And so for me, I just think about people who, are like out of school or people who need some sort of after school program don't know where to go instead of getting in trouble they go to these centers and develop themselves the third program is an idea hub which is more like a mentorship program and this idea hub is helping us build a pipeline so we've also recognized that early stage startups need a lot of mentoring what we've done is we've built a digital hub where people can put up their ideas and get paired to mentors. So we have mentors on that platform as well. You pick a mentor. If the mentor accepts, that mentor works with you to validate your idea. And then lastly, for capital, now we don't give, we don't invest in businesses, in startups. But what we do is we connect them to investors. Now, because we have a pipeline, a lot of investors reach out to us and tell us, you know, we want businesses that have raised x amount so far or are making x amount in revenue or in this particular sector 
And then we just go through our database and identify businesses that fit that criteria that are doing that. And then we reach out to them and then we say, are you looking for funding? This company may be interested in you. Can we go ahead and make an introduction for you? And if they agree, then we just connect them to the investor. But then beyond that, we also connect startups to corporates. So okay. startups come to us and they say, we have this fantastic product. Do you mind introducing us? We'll do that. Mm-hmm. Or if you're trying to meet with a particular MDA, mm-hmm. so ministry, department or agency mm-hmm. in the government, we will do that for you as well. And I think access is so important. Access to market. Like we can have all these amazing tech solutions, but if there's no access to market, who's testing who's it for them? Right. Who's buying it? Right, right. And that's one part that I think a lot of people look over and just because it's not tangible it's not a program you're just the middleman helping people make connections wow that's really really fascinating stuff thank you um interesting so we've seen the development of various initiatives geared towards providing entrepreneurs with sort of the similar things that lagos innovates um provides in terms of capital network and knowledge Do you think this is driven by the fact that there are so many initiatives reflective of an increasing need of of these services or that the existing initiatives are not meeting the needs of the entrepreneurs? Tamala, is that a trick question? No. Are you trying to get me in trouble? (laughs) (laughs) It's not. We're just just curious. It's just like we're not Um, quite there yet. Yes, yes, yes. There's just so many people to support. I think it's reflective of an increasing need. But I also think LSETF is the first of its kind, combining capital, network, and knowledge, first of its kind in Nigeria. Okay. We've seen other successful initiatives such as SBA in the United States, where they do something similar, although they don't give capital, but they guarantee, if I remember correctly, they guarantee small businesses. But I think something that we do so well is access to market. And that's something that people a lot of people look over Mm. it's not really tangible it's Mm. not a program but it helps a lot so beyond even just giving access to finance and and training people and placing them in jobs like we already do but we have a a dedicated desk a promotions desk and those guys every day then that they're in the office they think about how we can promote Mm. our beneficiaries Mm. goods and services Mm. They think about access for them. So we give them like social media promotions. We sign partnerships with the Nigerian American Chamber of Commerce. We're constantly looking for different fairs and platforms that we can showcase their goods and services. We do introductions for them. So I think that's what takes it to the next level. That's what you think differentiates. That's what differentiates us. Yes. Many accelerator type things. Yes. That's that's the first one. And I think the second one is. The capacity building that we offer, the capacity building initiative that we offer is also for entrepreneurs. So for example, before you can access our funding, you must go through training, a one or two day training, depending on the category that you applied for. That's separate from our employability program that trains unemployed people and places them in jobs. So I think a combination of all three is what sets us apart and a lot of people have come to us to learn about what Mm. we do Mm. and try and replicate and adopt our strategy and we're always happy to share um yeah (laughs) happy to share for free (laughs) but i think i i I think it's those three things that differentiates us Mm. so to follow up on the previous question around just like 
several accelerators. We were also seeing a lot of crossover with one business being on several schemes simultaneously. The idea of consecutive accelerator hoppers. Do you think that this limits the impact that each scheme could have? So if you, it's a thing, well, if you're starting from baseline with someone, you may have more impact versus if this person has already been exposed to several other programs before coming on yours. Do you think that affects the kind of impact that, that we're seeing with these programs? I think people that have been through some sort of accelerator are a bit more advanced than people that have not been through any formal training or mentorship. I do also agree that a lot of people are in the business of attending different accelerators. I think we have more incubator type accelerators, Mm -hmm. very few proper proper Mm -hmm. accelerators. And I think we should actually focus on incubator programs because I think that's what we need. I don't think we have a sustainable pipeline of tech startups right now. Mm -hmm. I've looked at so many applications for our workspace voucher program and I've seen good ideas but these ideas are not being translated properly. Mm. I've seen startups that can't even articulate how they plan to go from ideation to prototype. Mm. So I think they just need that mentorship to help them. And I think that's what incubator programs would do. With our program, with Lagos Innovates, for example, you can't participate in the workspace voucher program and then participate in the talent program as well okay. and then participate in LSETF so loan program. So you can control how people we, yes. between the different... Yes. We have to control it because we're investing in each founder. Right. And Lagos has 20-something million people. <laughs> Over 20-something million and people. So much and there's only so much resources that we have. So it's very important that we sort of have a threshold But do you you accept people who have maybe been exposed to other incubator programs? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. In fact, we we like that because it tells us that you're like almost ready to scale or you're on that trajectory to scale. And we've seen that people that have gone through some sort of mentorship program, better, let me say, CEOs Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. people have not. In the last two series, we had conversations on startup development and scaling. And the discussions that we had ranged from the idea that our economy will not be grown on the platform of small businesses, or we may require fewer small businesses, and we need actually more medium-sized businesses versus a lot of small businesses. So Lagos has the highest record of SMEs in Nigeria, and of course the LSTF funds some of these um, startups. So what would your take be? on micro enterprises and small businesses being the ideal form of for our economy like ours should we be looking to keep funding businesses like this and essentially enabling a market that will consist of just a large number of micro players within various sectors or should we be looking to consolidate these micro businesses to grow to more medium-sized businesses what are your thoughts on this i think msmes As we all know, they're the engine of growth of any economy. And currently, I think Nigeria has about 37 million MSMEs. That accounts for maybe 96% of our businesses and 48% of our national GDP. I think because of the job creation aspect, they provide like 84% of jobs in Nigeria. I think we have to keep funding them. And even if you think about technology solutions that people are coming up with a lot of the b2b solutions are for msmes Mm -hmm. they're the ones testing Mm -hmm. and they're the ones that are going to buy the solutions Mm -hmm. 
I think combining them into like large corporations would be more expensive for us. Mm. There are a lot of people that a large corporation or a medium corporation would not hire, but a micro business will hire them. Mm. And that's and that person has a job today. And even just the fact that they contribute to our output. I'm not biased because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not biased because I'm from LSETF, but I just feel like the Nigerian economy is very informal. Mm-hmm. And I like to work with what's already on ground or what I can see. I'm seeing a lot of micro businesses and I want to help them, especially if I know that they are creating jobs, which they are at a very low capital cost. One of the things that we look at is jobs. And when we did an impact assessment in December 2018, we found that for each micro business that we provided a loan to, they created one job. Right? So the owner of the business and Mm -hmm. one more person. Mm -hmm. Now, for the micro loans, they get from 10,000 naira, maybe 40,000 naira is a minimum, to 500,000 naira. SMEs get 5 million naira, and the SME only creates two additional jobs. So you can already see that it costs more to actually fund SMEs SMEs than than to fund micro businesses. And the people that the micro businesses are, are hiring, the SME people will not hire them. But then what that micro business is giving them is training. You know, there's nothing like some sort of training. There's nothing like going through working for somebody or working for a a business. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whatever that business is, right. it's still some sort of training. So micro business is actually helping us train people that on a good day, small, medium, large corporations would not look at that person I think it's to continue to support them. I think so you're team micro-businesses? I am team micro-businesses. <laughs> there's so many of them, and there's so many people like that. You talked about how the micro-businesses that you fund, you see at least one person hiring one more person. How does LSCTF consider these multiplier effects of the businesses that you fund? And maybe could you give a specific example of how you've seen maybe a micro-business that you funded really go on to create more jobs? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have a perfect example. We funded someone who just needed 250,000 naira. He had a laundry business and he needed 250,000 naira, which we gave him. Usually our micro-loans are for one year. He paid off this loan before his tenure was over. He paid it off um, within a year. Hired about 10, 15 people from his school they pick up from your room mm-hmm. or your dorm or whatever mm-hmm. they wash it for you they iron it and they return it back to you mm-hmm. and from that business he went to start another food business mm-hmm. where he i think it was akara and dundun oh, wow. that he was selling mm-hmm. and delivering in school as well mm-hmm. and so for me it was like oh my god we gave this one student some money and he's created so many jobs mm. he now even has a second business mm. on this 250,000 naira right. i think i was just very impressed mm. i was just very impressed at the potential of our entrepreneurs mm. if they're given the right funding mm. and they have the right environment mm. of what they can actually do mm. so i'm going to have a bit of a contrarian view because mm. you know we've talked a bit about jobs but our Unemployment and underemployment rates are still high. Mm-hmm. So 
maybe the question is what percentage of the businesses do you support do you actually see creating jobs and having these kinds of multiply effects because if it's true that we have all these smes and everyone is really having these impacts and hiring so many people shouldn't we be seeing lower unemployment and underemployment rates than we currently have so first of all lagos state's unemployment rate went down six percent so it went down six percent per the last nbs report which is a good thing for us it's still high but at least it's going down we did an impact assessment in december 2018 and we found out that at that time i think we had supported about 7,000 msmes and they had created over 90,000 jobs so I feel like, yes, the unemployment rate is still high because even at the end of the day, LSETF has not even scratched the surface yet. Mm-hmm. You know, we only Hello. funded 11,000 businesses approximately yeah. to date. Yeah. But then we have, how many SMEs do we have? Okay, so we have 37 million in Nigeria. Yeah, yes. right. <laughs> so if we have limited resources as well, mm-hmm. you know, when we open our, applic- our loan application portal, we get about 50,000 applicants. We don't have resources to fund everybody. So I feel like we haven't scratched the surface. Mm-hmm. I like what CBN is doing now in terms of reducing the interest rate mm-hmm. for MSMEs mm-hmm. and also forcing commercial banks mm-hmm. to lend to SMEs. Mm-hmm. But I think everybody is now beginning to see that we have to support MSMEs. And I feel like we just have no choice right now. We just need more support in that space to drive unemployment and underemployment numbers down. Yes, I think so. With the current situation and where we are today, we need to support the space. Yes. Interesting. So across the global landscape, we're seeing um, innovative policies being implemented to foster innovation and local startup ecosystems. So, for example, um, in Barcelona, the city has made all the data relating to management of the city publicly available. So the question is, if you were to assess our local policy landscape, are there any examples of innovative digital policies that you're seeing that are driving innovation and local startup ecosystems? So I'll just talk about Lagos. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And not talk about Nigeria. (laughs) I think... Lagos State Government is doing a lot, even beyond like LSETF and Lagos Innovates. In December, the governor launched the Lagos Innovation Master Plan, and that plan has four main pillars. So it has infrastructure, for example, and the plan is to lay 6,000 kilometers of fiber in two phases. And the idea is that if the government lays that fiber, then broadband internet will be cheaper for people. So it'll be cheaper for hubs or for residents. And then there's access to talent, having an open source program for developers. Mm -hmm. There's access to data, which is so important. Mm -hmm. It is so critical. So a lot of startups that are in the growth phase, when I ask them how I can help them, because these guys have their own offices, Mm -hmm. they have talent from all over the world. Mm -hmm. So talent is not their problem. Mm Infrastructure is not really their problem. They've made enough money now that, you know, they can take care of themselves. Capital is not their problem. So I asked them, how can I help you? And they say, access to data. If we have access to Lagos State's data, then we can build better solutions and better products. We can tweak our products based on the needs of the consumer. 
So think about people in healthcare. It could really change the game for them. So I'm really excited about the access to data. The plan is to have a data warehouse okay. of all of Lagos State's data from the different MDAs okay. and just giving the right people access to that data and seeing what comes out of it. And then lastly is funding. So through the Ministry of Science and Technology, Lagos State recently inaugurated the Lagos State Science and Research Innovation Council called LASRIC. And the governor gave them 250 million naira in December. And that money is really to fund R&D in Lagos and also to invest in early stage startups. So I feel like a lot of investment that comes into Lagos or a lot of the, that comes into the startup ecosystem that we all hear about. It's really companies that we know, yeah, yeah, that yeah. we've heard of before, right? right? That mm-hmm. we know their founders. But there's so many early stage startups that need funding. And, and may not have the access that and these, don't have. They don't have it. Not even may not. <laughs> Damola, they don't have it. <laughs> they don't mm-hmm. have it. So... How do we enable them? How do we help them? Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about Lastric because Lastric is going to invest in early stage startups based in Lagos. Mm-hmm. So that's what Lagos State is doing in addition to Lagos Innovate that already provides an enabling environment for them to thrive. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious about Lastric. We've touched a bit on this access thing, but I think one of the things that we've been discussing even in-house is how do we ensure that the people who are getting like all this funding are not people who might have been able to get it on their own right who already had this exposure like went to the best school so how do we make sure that people who are local may not you know have ever traveled out of nigeria but have really brilliant ideas how do we make sure that they are having access to to these types of capital so i'm really i'm really curious to yeah, see I like how last week i like that question how last week unfold can i just answer yeah, you quickly please. it's the same thing we had at lsctf when we mm. first started like mm. how do we know that you wouldn't be giving your brother sister yeah. and your cousins the loans and the cousin I, I went to school abroad i went to school abroad i think it's just having the right team mm. having the right team execute the plan is so important and being independent of the government mm. that's one of the advantages of lsctf we have an independent board mm. You know, we don't evaluate applications ourselves. We report to the board. Mm. And the same thing with LASRIC. LASRIC has a board. Mm. And on that board, 90% of the people are from the private sector. Mm. It's bringing the right people. Those are the guys that will ensure that it gets to the local founders, Mm. that it gets to the grassroots Mm. founders that may not have that access. Mm. And it's going to be open. It's going to be transparent. Mm. You know, you're going to apply online or however and this board is going to sit and review all applications okay we'll see (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna switch to the fun part predictions what was the last prediction you got wrong i think it was last year south africa Mm. the riot started i think i was scheduled to be there for another five days and sa was going to stop flying I was very, I was convinced that I was going to be stuck in Cape Town and, you know, I started panicking, changing my flight, changing my flight. I need to go, I need to go home. I'm going to be stuck here. I'm going to die. <laughs> but yeah, they actually, they never stopped the flight actually. Good for SAA, <laughs> for proving you wrong. <laughs> What's one view you seem to find very people agree with you on? I think I've touched on some of them and... 
I always say we don't have a pipeline of sustainable startups. Some people say, no, we see the most capital coming into Lagos, have amazing solutions, founders, but I've seen a lot of applications, met a lot of startup founders, and I do worry. I do worry. And I was at a session where Dr. Mobala Johnson was talking about startup founders who have raised, you know, 30 million, 40 million dollars, but they actually don't know how to run a company. They don't have the experience and they don't want to hear it. Uh, so I just worry about the early stage startups. I think we have a lot of work to do to grow our pipeline and to incubate and mentor early stage startups. Okay. So our previous guest, Eloho Gihan Belu of Endeavor, has a question for you. For me? Yes. Oh, I know Eloho very well. <laughs> <laughs> no, she said, she said so. so. She said she hopes you won't be pissed. When oh my God, Eloho, what are you asking me? <laughs> so so did she, she tell you how I, did she tell you how we met? <laughs> No. She didn't? Okay, so Aloha, um, Aloha's company actually designed Lagos Innovates. Oh, yes. really? Yes, oh. her company designed the Lagos you know, from from inception oh, wow. and the programs. Oh, yes. cool. So that means this question is really relevant. Well, not Endeavor, though. <laughs> her, oh, her, her personal her, company, oh, Amari. Okay. okay, cool. Well, that makes this question even more interesting. <laughs> What do you think the right role of the public sector is in the entrepreneurship ecosystem? Should the public sector be allocating resources? Do you think they're the right agents within the broader ecosystem to do that? And finally, do you agree that there are potential conflicts when you have a public sector who is broadly concerned with other important things and is not necessarily always going to be the most efficient allocator of resources? So I think the public sector's role is to enable the environment provide infrastructure, just help the ease of doing business. But we're seeing public sector agencies now allocate resources. And I think our case is peculiar because we had to step in. We had to fill a gap. We had to fill a gap because nobody was going to do it. We we lend without asking for physical collateral. So we only ask for social collateral, which is one or two guarantors, depending on the category that you're applying for. But back then, when we started... Nobody was doing it. We were doing it at 5% per annum. And I think we really changed the game. And that's what we wanted to do. So now you're seeing banks that are lending at 5%, 10%, some even 0%. We've showed them that, look, you can lend without asking for, co- for collateral. You can lend based on character. You can lend by just looking at a sales book of a micro business. And they will pay back. Now that we've done it, so many other people now are doing it or want to do it. And now a lot of people are like, okay, you know what? Since we've never done it before, can we partner with you yeah. and do it together? Yeah. Imagine if you're aware, but we have a program with Access Bank yeah. where we're funding women. It's called the LSETFW Initiative. And so many other banks have approached us to learn how to lend without collateral and use our model. So sometimes government has to step in yeah. if it recognizes that, look, the private sector is not doing it then maybe we should do it we should take that risk because it's a risk at the end of the day let's take that risk and if we're successful then we teach them how to do it well good answer (laughs) so in that respect what's one perspective you'd like to get from our next interviewee so at the session that i attended dr mbola johnson talked about a a startup called you lesson have you heard of it Owned by Sim Shagaya. Yes. 
now that now that you say simchek I, I know he has some education yes and i was really intrigued by it because i feel like a lot of the things that we talk about now is jobs of the future how do we prepare ourselves for the jobs of the future etc so i think he's gone ahead to build a tool that you have access to over 7000 videos and it covers from ss1 to ss3 so even if the school is not doing a good job teaching your child on the courses for the future etc you can actually just buy this thing and then have your kids look at it so i think education is big my question is what's the plan to scale how do you plan to scale okay. across nigeria okay. i think it would be very helpful for our upcoming generation fantastic thank you so much to see for spending time with us on the podcast today i hope that you've enjoyed this conversation as much as i have thank you so much demola i really had a lot of fun thank you so much mm-hmm.